All right, Hebrews 11 this evening. Hebrews chapter 11, and also uh, turn to Judges chapter 2, and also Judges chapter 6 and chapter 8. We'll be looking at a few verses in there. But uh, the last time that we met to look at our series in the Hall of Faith, of course, we noticed the faith of Rahab and how Rahab was rescued from destruction uh, because of her faith in God. And the first thing that we noticed about the faith of Rahab is that Rahab, she feared God. And of course, Jericho, the city, was terrified of the destruction that was coming their way. But instead of re repenting and surrendering, they tried to resist uh, God and his people. But Rahab, she surrendered and she was uh, spared. She, her fear of God was born out of an understanding of who God was. And she understood that God was her creator, that God was the judge, and that um, he was the one in control. And so her, her, her fear was born out of that respect for God's uh, authority. And of course, as, as, as Christians, we, we also should have a fear of God, but not out of a uh, fear of judgment. The Bible says, for those who are saved, there's no condemnation because we've been saved. We've been forgiven. But we, we fear God. In other words, we love God because He loved us, and we want to obey Him, and we want to please our God, and we want to do His will because of, uh, because of His love towards us. And so we should have a fear of God. We also saw that she confessed who God is. She confessed that He is Creator and that He is Lord. She submits to His authority, um, and, and she understands God as, as her authority. Uh, and of course, in our own life, we must confess who God is. We, we ought to confess His goodness towards us. We ought to confess His provision for us. And um, we ought to acknowledge God in our life every day and all that He does for us. We should confess who God is. So she, she confessed. We also saw that she obeyed. She was given instruction on what to do in order to escape the judgment that was coming. She obeyed and her family was saved and her family was rescued. And as, as believers, if we're going to be a people of faith, we need to obey God. Uh, you know, we can talk about having faith all day long, but if we never obey God, it's just talk. We're, we're not walking the walk. Uh, but as believers, we need to live out our faith by obedience. And then uh, finally, we saw that she was rescued and she was made a part of the family. She was spared from judgment, and then we read how she lived in Israel for the rest of her life, she became a part of uh, the nation of God, of, of Israel. And she was once God's enemy, but now she's on God's side. And of course, that was us before we got saved. We were once God's enemies, but he saved us and, and rescued us and made us a part of his family. And there's an expectation that we live as a part of God's family, that we represent uh, God's family, that we live holy lives. And God didn't save us to be useless and to be fruitless. He saved us so that, we can, so that we can be used by Him and produce fruit in our life. And so there's an expectation that we live uh, holy lives as Christians. So she became a part of the family. So that was last week. Tonight we're going to continue in our series and we're looking at the life of Gideon and his example of faith 
And Gideon, he's an interesting character in the Bible. I think a lot of times we read of Gideon, and we usually have one of two images of Gideon. Either we look at him as a great hero, or we look at him as somebody who doubted uh, God. And he did both of those things. God used him to do a great thing in delivering Israel from Midian. But Gideon, he also had some doubts, and he needed to be reassured with all these signs that he sought after. But when we read about Gideon, we, we understand that Gideon, he was just like us. He was a person who had uh, fears. He was a person who had doubts. And he, some, he, as we'll see tonight, there were times when he displayed little faith in God. But he served a big God, despite his little faith. And so tonight I want us to look at, uh, the, the title of the message tonight is Little Faith. Uh, big God. Gideon, he had little faith, but he served a big God. And God was able to use his little faith to do great things with him. And tonight, I, I'm thankful that though there are times in our life when we display little faith, uh, when it seems like we don't have much faith, God can still take that faith and he can do great things with us. And that's not an excuse to have little faith. We should, ha we should have great faith in God. But we're humans, we're, we're not perfect, we, we have that old nature in us, and sometimes we lack faith. But when we have faith, God can use that faith despite us, because we have a big God. And so our faith needs to be in that big God, not in us, not in our, our weaknesses. And that's what we're going to see about Gideon tonight. Let's go ahead and look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. It says... Uh, and what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. And so over the next few weeks, we'll look at some of those other folks, but we're just going to look at Gideon tonight. And uh, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll look at the message this evening. Dear God, I thank you for this night that you've given us. And God, I thank you for this day that we've had to serve you and to worship you in your house. God, I thank you for this morning's service, and Lord, for the blessings that we have as Christians. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to not forget those blessings, though we so often do, but I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to take advantage of them, to grow in our, in our life and in our faith, and I ask that you'd help us tonight as we consider the life of Gideon. Lord, he wasn't perfect. Uh, no one's perfect, Lord, but you were able to take that little faith and do a great thing. And so I ask that you help us tonight, Lord, when we display little faith. Lord, I ask that you help us to see that you're still in control and, and to understand that our faith needs to be in you and not in us or in our ability. And so I ask, God, that you would just bless the message this evening. I pray that you'd help me to be emptied of self and to be filled with your spirit. I pray that you would do what only you can do this evening, and that's to speak to our hearts. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing that we see about the faith of Gideon is that he had an individual faith. And so turn to Judges chapter 2, and we'll be mostly in Judges for the rest of the, the evening. Judges chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 16. It's important to notice what's going on in this time before we look at Gideon and what's going on in the nation of Israel. And we see that here in Judges chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. The Bible says, in Judah, uh, or no, that's wrong, that's chapter 1, uh, Judges chapter 2, sorry, <laughs> Judges chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, 
And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them. And they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. Gideon lived in this time. He lived in a generation, the generation after Moses and the generation after Joshua. It was a generation that had forgot who God was. It was a generation who forgot all that God had did for the nation of Israel. They, they forgot His works. And the reason is because the generation before them failed to pass on that faith. The generation before Gideon, they failed to teach them about the things that God had done for them. They failed to tell them about God's works and how God delivered them uh, from, from Egypt and from the Amalekites and from their enemies. And, and, uh, and, they, and they forgot. And they turned to the gods uh, that were in the land of Canaan. And they started to worship these other gods. You know, that's why it's important for us to pass on our faith to the next generation. We should teach the next generation about our faith. You know, I, I hear so often that, uh, you know, that I'm just going to let my kids decide what they want to believe. That's not what the Bible teaches. We need to teach them God's Word. Uh, if we believe God's Word, and if we believe it to be true, why would we not want to pass that on? Why would we not want to teach uh, the truth? And, but this generation failed to do that, and they turned to these false gods. They turned to idolatry. And so we need to pass on our faith, and then the next generation must decide for themselves with what they've been taught that they are going to believe it by faith. It needs to be an individual faith. Every generation needs to decide for themselves that they are going to believe God and that they are going to believe His Word. But faith, it needs to be taught. It needs to be passed on. Uh, God's, God's Word needs to be taught, and it needs to be passed on. But Gideon's generation grew up largely not knowing what God did. But Gideon chose to have faith in God despite his surroundings. Despite what everybody else was believing, Gideon became somebody of faith. And that's why we have him in the Hall of Faith. And we see that in Judges chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. Judges 6, 12 and 13. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from, from Egypt? But, but now the Lord hath forsaken us, and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites." And the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and tells him that he's going to use him and be with him to deliver the children of Israel from the hand of Midian. And we see, we see Gideon here uh, express his concern to God. Uh, I don't see this as Gideon uh, necessarily complaining, but 
having a longing to see God do a work again. Gideon, he's frustrated because he doesn't see God doing a work in Israel, and he wants to see God do a work. It's like when we pray for something for so many years, and we don't see an answer to prayer, and in our flesh we get frustrated, and we want God to answer our prayer now, and we want God to do it now and how we want Him to, but, but He doesn't because, uh, because of His will and His way. And so Gideon, he wants to see God do something, and he does obey God, but he's frustrated because he doesn't see God working. And of course, it's because of Israel's sin. It's because Israel has rejected God. But in God's grace, he calls out Gideon to do a great work. Uh, but Gideon, he, he expresses this faith. And, uh, and we see God calling him to do this in verses 14 through 17. God said, and, and the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, I, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Then look at verse 27. So God shows him a sign. And then verse 27, the Bible says, Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And, and God shows him this sign uh, because God knew that Gideon struggled with doubt. He struggled with uh, needing assurance, and God shows him grace, Gideon says, and, and God gives him this sign that he has indeed called him to deliver Israel from the hand of the, Midian, uh, the Midianites. And, and Gideon had this individual faith. It was, a li it was just a little faith, but he had an individual faith despite what was going on around him. And in our own life, we need to make sure that we have an individual faith. Uh, that means for every generation, as we said, that we need to decide for ourselves that we are going to have faith in God, despite what's going on around us. For the, the younger generation, it doesn't matter what uh, those before us have done. We need to decide that we are going to follow God. And for the older generation, uh, we need to, be, you need to be faithful, and you need to continue to have faith and to pass on that faith to the next generation. But we must have that individual faith. In fact, uh, Joshua gave this very charge to the nation of Israel before he passed away. In Joshua 24, 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Unfortunately, many in Israel there... They chose to follow the, God, the, the gods that their father served on the other side of the flood. And they rejected the God of Israel. But Gideon here, he chooses to have faith in God and in what God has called him to do. Tonight, have you made your faith individual? Or is our faith based on the expectation of others? What do we mean by that? Uh, for instance, when we come to church, do we come to church to worship God or do we come to church because... We want others to look at us right and to think right of us. We should come to church because we love God and we want to worship Him. And we want to obey Him. When we pray, do we just pray to check it off a list to make ourselves feel good? 
Or do we pray because we want to talk with God and we want to have a relationship with God? And because we love God, when we share the gospel, do we share it so that we can tell others that we've shared it? Or do we share the gospel because we have compassion for the lost and because we want to see people saved? Why is it that we, that we have faith? Our faith needs to be individual, not based on what others think of us, but we need to decide that we're going to live by faith. Our primary motivation for faith it should be pleasing God. If it's anything else, it's, it's not a good motivation. And so tonight our faith needs to be individual. Secondly, his faith, it was incomplete. It was incomplete. And by that I mean it was, it was an immature faith. It was, it was faith, but it was little faith. It could have been bigger faith. But because he was a human like us, he struggled with doubt. And he had this incomplete, immature faith. And we see this in the signs that he seeks for. In Judges chapter 6, look at verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us, and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then look at verse 17. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Then look at verse 37. Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and if it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. Verse 39. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. Then look at verse, chapter 7, verses 10 and 11. Chapter 7, verse 10, 11 says, But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Furah, thy servant, down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Furah, his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. Gideon was, uh, he was obsessed with needing to see these signs before he would step out in faith and do what God had told him to do. Um, meaning he, he would have faith, but he wanted to see it with his own eyes first before he would obey. He wanted to see with his senses uh, that he could trust God before he would trust God. In other words, his faith it was almost dependent on self. It had to pass through the gate of his eyes before he would believe God's word by faith. Uh, and we see an example of this in the New Testament as well. And of course, we're familiar with this in John chapter 20, 24 through 21, 31, sorry. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered, and said unto him, My Lord and my God. 
Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. The other disciples, they had faith that Jesus had arisen and they told Thomas this, but Thomas, he wanted to see it and feel it with his own hands and with his own eyes before he would believe that Jesus had arisen from the dead. And of course, Jesus was merciful and gracious and allowed him to touch him and he, he, had, he believed and he had faith, but it was a little faith. He had to see it first and then he would believe it. Of course, we, we have not seen the Lord with our physical eyes. Uh, we, we didn't see the signs that Jesus did while he was on the earth, but we have them recorded for us in his word. And Jesus was talking about us and those after the disciples, that they were blessed if they would believe without having seen uh, what he did with their own eyes and, and, and with their own ears. Uh, they would be blessed. And, and we, are, we are to believe God's word by faith. Uh, if, we're, if we are going to have uh, this mature faith. We read in God's word, of course, how we know he's, he's, coming, he's coming back. And we, we have faith uh, in his word. We haven't seen him yet, but we have faith that it's going to happen. You know, this, this principle applies in, in many areas of our life. There are times when we doubt God's word because we haven't seen something with our eyes. And we often want to believe something, but we want to see it happen first. It is a faith, but it's a little faith. And if we always have to see a sign uh, in order for us to believe God, uh, we're not going to have this great faith. Signs are okay, but we must have faith in God's word above all else. Uh, because if we're always having to see something with our eyes before we believe it, uh, we're not going to be very strong in our faith. And the Bible even tells us that God's word, it says it's a, a more sure word than our senses. We see that in 2 Peter chapter 1. Turn there. So often we would like to think that if we would just see something, we would believe it. If we could just see it for ourselves. But how many people saw Jesus do miracles and rejected him? How many people saw Jesus do things with their eyes, but they thought it was a trick? They didn't believe him? You know, we, 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 we so often think that if we would just see it, we would believe it. But if we are not willing to believe God's word, it doesn't matter if we see something. Uh, we are not going to have this great faith that God wants us to have. Second Peter chapter 1, and verse, uh, verses 16 through 19. It says, Because it is written, Be holy for... Uh, no, that's First Peter. Man, I keep turning to the wrong ones. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 19. It says, uh, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. They saw Jesus with their own eyes. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. They also heard God speak. They saw him do things. They heard him. And then they say that, and then Peter says this, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn 
and the day star rise in your hearts. Peter, he saw Jesus do many of these things. And he had faith because he saw these things happen. But he had a more sure word of prophecy. His, his faith was ultimately in God's word. And tonight, that's what our faith needs to be in. Not in our sight, not in our hearing or our senses. But ultimately, our faith it needs to be grounded in the word of God. And that's where uh, that's, uh, we know that the God's word is it's our foundation. And it's uh, our sole authority for our faith and for our practice. And so we need to be in God's word. And we need to know God's word. Uh, if we're going to have this, this faith. Because our senses sometimes are flawed. Sometimes we see something, we hear something, and then we skew it in our mind of how we think it happened. But God's Word is unchanging. God's Word always remains the same. And when our faith is in God's Word, uh, we will never be led, led astray. But when our faith is in our senses, which, by the way, are a part of our corrupt nature, our fallen nature, we will be led astray eventually. And we'll have little faith. But God wants us to be people of great faith. And so tonight our faith needs to be in the Word of God. So he had this uh, incomplete faith. Finally, he had an irresponsible faith. Gideon had an irresponsible faith in Judges chapter 8. Judges chapter 8, verses 24 through 27. It says, And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you, that you would give me every man the earrings of his prey. For they had golden earrings, because they were Ishmaelites. And they answered, We will willingly give them. And they spread a garment, and did cast therein every man the earrings of his prey. And the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold, beside ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian, and beside the chains that were about their camels' necks. Uh, and Gideon made an ephod thereof, and put it in his city, even in Ophrah, and all Israel went thither, a whoring after it, which thing became a snare unto Gideon and to his house. He had an irresponsible faith. And this took place after Gideon's famous battle with the 300 of his soldiers. And Gideon, after this battle, they're successful, and he decides to do something that had good intentions, but it was, it was foolish. And we, we read in this passage how he wanted to make this uh, ephah. And in the Old Testament, the ephah, it was a part of the high priest's garments that they would wear. And they had to have this ephah in order to be able to communicate with God and to have God's leading and to have God's direction. And so uh, Gideon, he takes all these earrings, he makes this ephah, and he places it in the city, uh, in his city, the city of Ophrah there. And, and uh, the, so this ephah, it was a symbol of God's voice, of God's direction, of God's guidance. And if there was anything that Gideon desired most, Gideon wanted to know that he was following God. Gideon wanted to know that he was doing what God had called him to do. That's why he asked for all of these signs. And so he makes this ephah because he wants to continually have God's leading and God's direction. And he, I, I believe he ha had good intentions, but he makes this ephah almost as like a, his own magic eight ball that he could shake and get direction when he wanted it. And he doesn't, uh, he had good intentions, but this ephah, it becomes an idol and his house and those after him begin to worship it and they go right back into idolatry because of what he did. But, uh, but why did this happen though? Gideon, he got his, he got his eyes off of God, 
and he got his eyes onto the signs that God gave him. Instead of looking to God, he was continually looking for these signs instead of the God that gave the signs. And uh, if he would have run to God's word, though, they had the law, they had the, the first, the Torah. If he would have went there, he would have understood that the ephah was only for the high priests, and it was only for the Levites, and they were to go to the tabernacle, and that's where they were to get God's direction. They were, he was breaking God's law by making this ephah. He had good intentions. He was trying to do God's will, but he was not doing it in God's way. He was doing the wrong thing. And if we're not careful, we can also have good intentions while we do the wrong thing because we're not following God's word. We're trying to do God's will, but in our own way. We say it often that we should do God's will in God's way, but there's a lot of times if we're not careful, we want to do God's will, we want to do right, but we don't want to do it in God's way. You know, God can shut a door of opportunity for us that we think is good, but God says no, but we try to barge through anyway because we think it's good. And it might be a good thing, but it's not where God is leading us. I think about Paul. He wanted to go to Asia to preach the gospel, but that's not where God wanted him to go. God wanted him to go somewhere else. And if Paul would have went anyway, he would be doing something that was good, preaching the gospel, but not doing it in God's way, not doing it how God was leading him. You know, there's a whole chapter in 1 Corinthians about doing good things, but not in God's way. It's 1 Corinthians 13, uh, about doing all these good things without charity, without love. And the, the Bible says when we do those things, we're like sounding brass, we're like tinkling cymbal. We might be doing something good, but we're ineffective because we're not doing it in God's way. So we need to do God's will in God's way. One of the biggest examples of this uh, that's just the most recent, I think, is in the, especially in this past year, is uh, in church attendance. Uh, there are countless people who stop going to church because they want to watch it on a screen. They want to do what's right, but they're not doing it in God's way. They're not gathering. And uh, as, as Christians, if we're not careful, we can have good intentions, but we're not following, God, we're not following God's way. Tonight, are we doing God's will God's way? Or are we looking to do what God wants us to do in our own way, in our own direction? When we do that, we're irresponsible with our faith. Because Gideon, he did that, he made that ephah, and it affected the next generation. They, they thought that it was okay to worship this idol. You know, what does it tell the next generation when we say that it's okay to go to church on my phone? instead of meeting together and assembling. What does it teach the next generation when we think that? We're being irresponsible with our faith. And so we need to be careful that we're not like Gideon. Gideon, he wasn't a perfect man. He did have faith, though. He had a little faith. And God took that great faith and, because God is a big God, and he did great things with Gideon. Uh, and God can use us even with just a little faith. The Bible says if we have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, that God can move mountains. But the point of that is not that we just have little faith. Um, it's that God is big despite our little faith. Our desire should be to have great faith. Our desire should be to want to do great things uh, for God with, that, with great faith. But tonight is our faith in God's word. Or is our faith in our senses, in us. We also need to learn from, from Gideon the importance of being responsible with our faith. In doing God's will in God's way because the next generation is watching us. They're watching how we express our faith. They're watching how we live out our faith and it affects them. And so tonight 
uh, we need to understand the importance of doing God's will in God's way. Tonight, uh, we might have little faith at times, but we serve a big God. But it needs to be our, our desire to have that big faith. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the example of Gideon. And uh, Lord, we know that he wasn't perfect, and we know that we're not perfect. And, uh, but God, there's lessons that we can learn from his life. And I just ask that you'd help us, Lord, to have individual faith, to decide for ourselves that we're going to live by faith in you.